Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on September 27th, 2019, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episode are going to be focused around exploring fallen leadership. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Uh, but before we go any further, let's run through a quick introduction of who we all have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this is the magnificent Kudalong, green-eyed music lover. There, see, I know, I love that you're finally embracing it, Mick Mick I Kudalong. still don't know. I don't even know what a Kudalong is. I it's know we went bird. over it last week, it's but I don't, even know, I don't even know how to follow that. It's a t- it's a song. For- okay, you know what? Anyways, and last but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Infested Potato. Potato, how are you doing? I'm trying to figure out what a kudalong is, but I'm good. Oh my gosh! So is it happen? Okay, it's from last week's episode. It's yeah. Well, I if I, I've already pissed them off multiple times at this point when Dingo <laughs> and. Just being able to not pronounce any of their stuff, which is ironic because they can't pronounce half of our stuff, but it's fine. It's whatever we do the things. It's fine. It's fine, whatever we do the things. <laughs> is it Dingo and the baby? <laughs> That's. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, usual introductory question for you next, Potato. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can catch me on Twitter and uh, as at Infested Potato. I do have an Instagram, but it's not as well known. It's uh, oh no, actually, I think I deleted that one. Never mind. Uh, Instagram doesn't exist. Yeah, mainly on Twitter, and you can find me on the Discord at Infested Potato. You can catch me in the Focus Fire or the general chat, or just message me direct. Also, uh, YouTube. You do have oh, a YouTube yeah, channel. I actually have a YouTube channel now, don't I? My God, yeah, actually, you have I'm some things on there that you. I do have made. Some you've that made I some things. Consistently forget about that I that I do. Um, yeah, I do have a YouTube channel. It's just called Infested Potato. Uh, Infested P O T A T O. Uh, I did a couple of recent things. I published the the lore book that you guys were so kind enough to put up in your guys' uh, channel of Most Loyal. Which is the story of Varric's po- uh, post or pre forsa- uh, Forsaken, leading up to the prison break? I've done a fragment from Destiny One, which is my all-time favorite one of Rasputin, kind of locking down the solar system, um, getting ready to fight whatever's coming. And then I have recently released. Let me see if I can pull it up here and just throw it up for if you guys want to throw it in there. It's a just an it's it's a part two to a uh, a little video series that I did using the avengers theme music to kind of recap the last year of destiny leading up to shadow keep and i did it for the release of d2 leading up to um leading up to forsaken so the Mm -hmm. first year of d2 leading to forsaken and now the last year of forsaken leading into shadow keep yeah i mean feel free to go check it out leave a leave a comment if you like it and tell me what i can do better you know, I'll try to keep putting those things. I do have some stuff in the works, some more uh, rescue and lore cards, and a couple of uh, smaller fallen ones. And nice. Yeah, I do. Nice. Voice Thank you, Potato. I, I like voices. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he's very. He does good a really good too. fallen. Yeah, really good fallen voice. Yeah, really he, good. All he, sorts I, of voices. When I asked what uh, what kind of topic we were 
for this one. I was like, hey, do we want to do like a you know a recap of the hive and Rasputin and the moon? And they're like, you're like, no, the people kind of wanted to see a fallen thing because of, because they're like, you know, you're fallen stuff. I'm like, at the time, I was like, I just do voices really well. I don't know anything about the fallen. That's like well, that changed in the last couple of weeks though. I kind of did a lot of research and put a bunch of notes together. So I am hoping to meet the standards that the community hopefully holds for me. I think you will. All right, Potato. So speaking of The Fallen and how you were like, hey, I don't really know much about them. What is your favorite lore story from Destiny? My favorite lore stories from Destiny and God, it's so hard to pick because there's a lot of good story arcs, obviously. Um, And I'm sure the other times people have asked me this question, I've probably given different answers, but mainly it's Rasputin. I I love Rasputin. Rasputin's my man. He's always been an interesting point to me. The thought of a, you know, sentient AI and things along those lines. And anything to do with him in like the pre-Golden Age. Or uh, excuse me, the uh, the Golden Age prior to the collapse. And just like his, what he's doing and, you know, what he's thinking and where he's going with things. And, like, and just the war that he fought. That, you know, he tried to save humanity but realized he couldn't. And he made a decision to say, I have to save myself to be able to save whatever's left. And yeah, no, it's, it's usually anything involving Rasputin and uh, his ties with like Anna Bray and the hive and stuff like that. It's the hive. Of them. Did you notice, I think it, I can't remember if it was in the Vidoc or if it was in the recent trailer release. I think it was in the Vidoc where they were explaining like the multiple seasons coming up mm-hmm. and how they brought us back to Rasputin in one of those scenes. Cause they were yeah. showing different images from the game. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm hopefully hoping that that's a hint. That's that's where we're going back to at some point during the next couple of seasons and at least getting more of his story and what's going to happen with him because Mm -hmm. there's so much open left. That that first time we heard him talk at the end Mm -hmm. of of Warmind, it was like, you know, he's talking about like the, you can hear him say the braze, you know, you hear him say bray. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to say it. It's, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't translate to Russian, but like, you know, hearing that, just that deep freaking electronic voice. And you're like, like, this thing is unimaginably powerful and I want to know more. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I, I try to emulate that in the, the, the car that I did, you know, I can't obviously create the booming bass effect of that without blowing a few eardrums and you being actually able to understand what he's saying in the card. But hopefully I captured that. Yeah. It kind of brings that to life. Plus having some of the, I mean, you did a lot of that without having the voice modulation or anything like that. There was a bit of that. Yeah. Uh, I did drop the, I did drop, you know, a couple of octaves on there because I cannot speak that low. (laughs) I don't think. That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I can get pretty deep, but I can't get that electronically deep, you know, and, you know, add a couple of effects to it and turn it around and add some things to it. But I can happily say that everything I did with Varix and Fickrel and Skull, yeah, Skull Loss for you with Dust was all unedited. And it was all just me. So. He's Varix, your Varix voice. Anyway, uh, so, okay. Yeah. I, now that we knew that Rasputin is your kind of thing, what got you into lore exploration and destiny? Or when, I would say, when and like who or why or what got you started? I uh, actually got started with the Destiny ghost stories, and that was when Bungie did a community highlight on them. I found their podcast and listened to them for a long time uh, for when they were still making episodes. I think they just restarted making episodes. X-Ray, I think, is still Ish, yeah. stuff on and off. They had an episode in July. I haven't yeah, seen another one drop was, since. but I was really happy to see them back, especially mm-hmm. X-Ray, uh, X-Ray and all them. It was really yeah, and cool Scoopy joined them, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. I listened to the episode, but it's been a while since I've uh, since I listened to it. And then they, I found them, kind of like ju- jumped into the lore, found Bife, found Mylan, and watched a couple of their videos. And I can't remember how I found Focus Fire. I don't remember exactly what it was. I remember, it, oh no, it was the the Discord. I actually discovered what Discord was, and which I was like, how have I not known about that? Which was. Uh, aha moment and found them joined the discord and i just kind of sat in the back of the discord like i was like that kid in the back of the auditorium in the back just kind of sitting there listening and i was like these guys know what they're talking about and that was when uh, mel and justin and it was like the original crew with uh 
uh, Mel, yeah, Mel, Justin, and Blue. <laughs> and, you know, I was just sitting there, wow, these guys are awesome, you know, and then they're like, hey, you know, if you have some stuff, send them in. And that kind of built me into, you know, writing some of those things that you guys, again, were nice enough to read live on the air. And yeah, I mean, the rest is just kind of history. You know, I just kind of, do- I dove headfirst into this. I haven't, di- I hadn't di- dove in into a lore like that since uh, the Halo lore. Yeah. And then, and then they're like, oh, I'm Penn's Halo. And I'm, Another one of my kind. You know? My brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we talked lore. I know what class you play. We talked about it a little bit on the top three, but that top three doesn't come out to Wednesday. This episode comes out Monday. So hello, future people, by the way. For the people at home. What class do you primarily play, and why did you choose that? Because it shouldn't have been chosen, because the (laughs) jump is so stupid. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I'll keep that in the back burner for later. Um, (laughs) No, I have always always been and always will be at heart a warlock, and I've always enjoyed uh, the thought of the warrior scholar, someone who can use their brain as well as the their strength and that that kind of describes me i've never been super athletic until the last like i mean it's gonna be a stretch of a decade of my life i've never really been that super athletic and i've always been the nerd i've always been you know the dork and i never really i start, i only started embracing that at a certain point in my life and i realized i can do both i can still be strong while at the same time be smart and the warlock you know while a lot of them seem very arrogant I try to avoid that side of me. So I'd like to say that sometimes my mentality is more hunterish, but my actions are more warlocky. So it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, no, I probably I probably rep the warlock. I've always trench coats, the trench coat uh, inspiration from the bathrobe. Yeah, what bathrobe? Calm down. Um, <laughs> you guys wear towels as capes. Relax. Um, but yeah, no, I I've always loved that look. The like they said, oh yeah, I was inspired by the war trench trench coats and i was like oh i love that or the, the dusters and i was like i've always loved that about just the aesthetic of and don't get me wrong i think hunters can look amazing like the the gunslinger hunters with the knives i love that aesthetic i love that vision of i love that idea of the the lone gunman i l- absolutely love that aesthetic and that's why um my wife has a hunter she doesn't really play it too much so i kind of do the playing and she does the aesthetic choices mm-hmm. but i play as a, a six shooter uh six shooter hunter because i just love that aesthetic of uh the six shooter outlaw that's always been a big big thing i've loved westerns always always loved westerns and the hunter is kind of that epitome that you get to put the you know the piss or the hand cannon you get to put it on your thigh you don't wear it at your back and stuff like that and just the the cape and the throwing of the knives and things it's it's just that's a lot of and i can see why people love it but at heart i will always be a warlock and proud of it yes that's fine we forgive you for it (laughs) Yeah, you say that now until my bow finds your head. Oh, uh, we'll see, mister. I'll I'll 1v1 you. I'm not afraid. Come at me, bro. I've been no. practicing with a sniper. Anyway, I actually don't have a crazy question for you because we had so many good stories and whatnot. So yeah. for those of you who are listening on Monday, look forward to top three. Please listen to it because you're going to get all sorts of crazy stories from Guardian Con in that episode. So... Blue. I also didn't necessarily have. I was about to say, I'm just going to hand it back to you. So (laughs) I'm just saying it for the folks at home. Did not have a community question of the week because I had guests in town and Green may have forgotten, but I do have this. And he is in chat currently and he might get a little embarrassed, but Black Flag did tweet at us this evening and said, which Vaughn will sit on the Plasteel throne when it is all over? Varix uh, of House Judgment, Mithrax of House Light, Aramis of House Devils. Personally, my money is on Tanix, for he has no house, <laughs> kneels before no banner, and owes no allegiance to no or owes allegiance to no Kel. He is a murderer. So, who do we think is going to sit on the plasteel throne? We kind of discussed this in an, an earlier episode, and I was trying to figure out which episode it was. Uh, probably but stolen we don't... intelligence. Yeah, that makes yeah. us. Yeah. That makes sense. But who do we think 
if you want to put money on it, not necessarily like a lore thing, but if you want to put money on it, who do you, who would you put your money on to be the Game of Thrones winner? Blue? Go ahead. Mithrax. Really? Because... If and and we'll get into this with the advanced session too, yeah, but Mithrax Mithrax has Mithrax has um a really interesting history. Uh he he actually comes from a similar background to Tanix, uh and his his exposure Yeah, it, it yeah, you know, it, it does, and that's primarily because of his involvement with Sure. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to yeah. say. It's like yeah. Mithrax because he's friends with Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, but the the friendship that was forged with Sure between Mithrax and um, you know, and and in Varix, you see this in Varix's character as well with his allegiance to what they they refer to her as Marakel. Um mm-hmm. but like Mithrax has seen Mithrax has seen both sides of the the conflict that the fallen are currently involved with, right? Aris, Aramis is is the is the Skolas of D two, really is kind of how I view Aramis. Uh, Tanix, you know, Tanix really is just there because Tanix is a mercenary who is who is really difficult to kill. Actually, is kind of impossible to kill. Uh, Tanix actually doesn't really do well with organization. Uh, so I don't really see, I don't see, I, to be fair, I don't even see Tanix questing for the throne. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't see Tanix even as a, as a um, competitor because I don't know if Tanix actually cares. Tanix is perfectly happy doing exactly what Tanix is doing. Um, you know, that's actually how I kind of feel about Spider. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spider, spider's the same. Spider has his niche, and he is, as long as you don't bug him, like as long as that's not threatened, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He does like to acquire power. I will say. Oh, right, right. But he doesn't. He has his organization. Like he, he has his organization. He doesn't. And and the thing about Spider, similar to Tanix, even similar to Varix in a way, is that they don't really. Well, Varix is kind of an oddity in this one, but they don't really seem to buy in into the triumvirate of fallen hierarchy. Like mm-hmm. Spider, Spider definitely doesn't. Tanix obviously doesn't. Um, you know, both of them have their own take. Uh, Tanix is the mercenary, the solo hunter. You know, he's he's the gun for hire, and Spider is the one that has taken. You know, and we'll and I again we'll talk about this in the advanced session. But Spider mm-hmm. is the one that has taken the human, what's what's kind of referred to as human mythology or human culture, and has turned it on its head in a way that allows him to to profit and to thrive really within the fallen culture. And it's mm-hmm. very in, it's very interesting looking at Spider as a leader because you see a lot of um, um, parallels to our own you know underworld kingpins. Uh, and I think that's that's obviously by intent, but that's the, also my defense against why Spider and Tanex I don't think are interested in being you know the fabled Kell of Kells. Varix is trying to be, but honestly, I think Mithrax is going to be. If if any of them are, I would be. I I think Mithrax because he kind of, again he he transcends the fallen, the guardian, and the human. Like he, he's well, seen all three that, sides that I want to bring up. And this is kind of one of the things I wanted to bring up and just the, possibly the advanced episode as well is the fact that at this point, yes, we're talking about how they kind of want to be a, the Kel, but they don't have the structure to be the traditional Kel at this point that we know of. There's no prime. There's no archon. They would have to find people to follow him to fill those roles. If they're going so, to fill be part right. of the traditional fallen hierarchy. Right. And here's the thing is there are, but they're just currently in competition with each other. Mithrax is, is, is a good Kel. Varix has already been an archon in his past. So we have two of the, th- two of the arms of the triumvirate right there. Now the you problem is, is they that would work together. I think that's that Varix, I think that Varix, I think both of them, can be convinced that it would be the best in the best if if they can be convinced that it is actually in the best 
uh, for the fallen interest. I can totally see Mithrax and Varix working together because we have not seen Mithrax or Varix in competition with each other directly. We, we haven't have even seen, seen them talk to each other. Like, there's no uh, connection between them, have we? Varix, Varix mentions Mithrax uh, in in a conversation with Cade, so they okay. know of each other. Well, Varix knows of Mithrax. We don't know if Mithrax. I would assume Mithrax knows of Varix because okay. most of them. Oh, he's he does. Prior, he does. He's a prior uh, wolf. So yeah. Yeah, or he's a devil, prior devil. Um, mm. Mithrax, Mithrax in uh, Misrax, the card he refers to Varix. Uh, this is prior to his 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 softening towards humanity. Uh, he refers to him as a flesh lover. So he actually originally had a very dim view of the House Judgment. Um, mm-hmm. Now we don't know how if that's changed similar because Mithrax currently is running around with a fire team. Of a warlock Guardians. and a hunter, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so there is there is that as well. Mithrax already has, for the most part, support of the Guardians. It's not official, but at least you know, with them, yeah. zero hour, with zero hour, the entire so the entire importance of zero hour, besides the 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 meta of Outbreak Prime, the entire importance of Zero Hour is that it was a test by Mithrax and the the two guardians that are running with him for our mm-hmm. guardian to see if our guardian was trustworthy enough to be brought into the fold of their current team. Mm-hmm. That was the entire point of Outbreak Prime of Zero Can I Hour. Just point out that he did very almost nothing in Zero Hour. He killed one drag and we moved on. We never well, he killed. He killed the. We end. see him at the end too. He, he, he took out he the showed end. Showed up, waved his swords, and then went away. Well, he in in the entry, in the entry, he he actually did more. Like I in the know, entry, just, yeah. I, just, I remember when we first saw. I was like, "Oh, cool, it's Mythrax." Never saw him the rest of the thing. I was like, "Ah, give me more with him. I like him." Um, yeah, yeah, I can agree with that because I think Varix is he's Varix is desperately trying to hold the fallen together. Or hold, excuse me, hold the elixir together because he hates them. Um, he's he trying to, he's, he wants to, ma- to he wants to return to their traditions. He wants to maintain their way of life, and I think he's going to have to, get, or you know, let go of some of that. And I think he's going to see Mithrax, and he's going to say, "Okay, maybe this guy can actually lead." Because in in most loyal, he says, "Nowhere else to go, no one else to be here." And he he doesn't think that Mithrax or he, he might not even know of, or you said he did know of. Yeah, that's right. Um, but he might not think right. Hey, this but I don't know. He might not. I mean, he's not. He, we don't he know how current. Captain. Yeah, we don't know how current up. Because I mean, again, remember we are seeing only snippets of in-game mm-hmm. presentation, so we don't know how current their knowledge is of each other. So they could be in right. competition with each other just simply because they don't know. That the other has, you know, flipped yeah. flipped the alliance, you know. So, and and from the sounds of it, it seems like Mithrax bringing other Elixni under his uh, un, under his sway. I mean, not saying that he's because he, he he said he's founding uh, was House of Light, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying he has an army or anything like that. And I think a lot of the still in the either the House of Dusk or they're just completely houseless. They're they're living near the. Uh, the shard in the edz mm-hmm. and we're and you know it's it's i think that's that i think this is that slow that they're going to start talking they, they, i mean they're hinting at this story the same way the the dredgen story and the dredgen and dwindler's ridge story in d1 it kindly finally came to a head in d2 but i think they're now pushing that story it's it's starting to come to the We've seen missions with mithrax we've seen varix's story we've seen yeah like doom for zombies says he has a catch you know he's not he's not alone. You can't you can't man a capital ship alone. You know that and that's what a catch is. A catch is a capital capital class ship, and those things are big. And so he's got somebody in there helping him. It's probably at least a couple of servers because we they need the servitors or at least a servitor to help them fly. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the pilot servitors, but I think Blue might be right. We're gonna see Mithrax kind of come as Kel of Kells, and then Varix is probably gonna be his. Archon or his right hand, yeah, his right hand or something within that house. If if they and if not, they're going to go to whoever that that's because I think Aramis is going to is he Aramis is going to make a move against the city and the city is going to evaporate him and we're never going to either that or the he's going to get caught by the by what's left of the reef and get well cryoed. 
We will see. I well, mean, and if anything, Aramis might be the, you know, she might be the um, uh, common enemy that drives Mithrax and Varix together. Yeah, very much so. Because isn't Aramis, Aramis is going after Siva. And, and right, you, yeah. She's obsessed mm-hmm. with Siva right now. That's, that's and then you have, you have, Varix has already expressed his distaste of Siva with the whole Septicus. Septicus. Septicus perfected. Um, yep. And then Mithrax has a connection to Siva as well now with Zero Hour, you know. So there's 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 a yeah. underlying ground, and Siva seems to be a reoccurring theme whenever the Fallen get brought up, um, you know. So that kind of is a that thematically seems to be connected there. Um, so I can see this being <clears throat> another um, what's it called transmission issue. A transmission mm-hmm. crisis where you know Aramis might release something either on purpose or inadvertently, and you could see an alliance between Ferrex, Mithrax, and the Guardians to put it down. Oh, that would be interesting. Because I see, I see Aramis being used as that that catalyst. That catalyst. The enemy of yeah. yeah, the enemy of my enemy brings them together. Mm-hmm. There's a funny little story about the the transmission event is when you finally figured out all of the. Uh... The little riddles, which I can proudly say I figured out all fun on my own. Um, Yay! Yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, that that whole big coded transmission that pops up is like the all the, like the one zero three thing. Um, if you, I went on to Destiny Rage Secrets on Reddit, and that that place was alive trying to like sort it out, and it was really funny because there was this long list of people like going through binary and going through like you know de- uh, de- decimals and freaking uh, decadecimal it's like that and finally some poor g- this one guy at the bottom of the thing goes he's on the farm in the basement guys it's just <laughs> like they went through this whole thing like you're know, trying to decode it and i was sitting there common thing i was kind of like help i was trying to like be a part of this and then some guy goes yeah he's in the basement of the farm, guys we found him it's like oh, okay cool and then everyone just you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay but you know moving on it was, that was just a funny little side side uh, thing. It's, I mean, exploration within the game, figuring things out before Raid Secrets. Although those guys are stinking fast with their stuff, but... Oh, yeah, those guys are incredible. I, I, I am in awe at some of the stuff that those guys do on there. I'm like, I never would have thought of looking at it at a seven-dimensional 4D analysis of this. Like, yeah, it was my second thing I tried. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what I want to do. Okay. I want to, once Blue's done with the um, housekeeping notes, I want to go into and talk about kind of the history of the Elixir here in the introduction to give people who may not know D1 lore just kind of a rundown, very, fairly brief considering how expansive it can be. I of got you. The different stuff in their history before we go into the advanced episode. Yep, that's all my notes for the basic episode is basically the fallen hierarchy. Sweet. Cool. All right, so let's run through standard housekeeping notes, and then we will jump right into that. Last week, we discussed various Crucible stories. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to rate, and if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes or comment on the episodes on Podbean or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better for you, but also help to continue to expand the FFC family, allowing more and more perspectives to be heard. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you are aware, Focus Fire Chat is a community in which we offer the chance to dive into lore from within various titles and mediums with a special focus on the Destiny universe. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, the podcast team gets together to stream a summary of the chosen topic for that week. The hope for this is to help encourage dives into aspects of game lore within both our Discord server and within the other communities we share the digital world with. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, a central hub for content that covers a wide variety of different titles and mediums. Our full show notes for each week's topic will be posted there, so for the additional information or guest details, be sure to check the site out. Next week's topic is going to be a look at the extra lore from September, Magic the Gathering. That being said, however, we still want to hear your thoughts about this week's topic. Be sure to weigh in on, over on the Discord, and don't be shy in tagging any of the team in the conversation. We can't wait to hear or read what your thoughts are. With all that being said, let's get back to the show. All right. 
So do we want to start all the way with the whirlwind and what we learned about that as far as their history? Or how do you want to start this potato? Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about the fallen, I wouldn't go too deep into their history. We can that. I mean, that might be into a little bit. Um, basically, they are an extraterrestrial race that came from an unknown point in the galaxy. They at one point were uh, blessed by the or blessed by the traveler. They called it the Great Machine, and they suffered a cataclysmic event similar to our, what we think is similar to our collapse. And the traveler left them. They chased after it, kind of becoming more debauchery and more like piratey as they traveled. And eventually, they formed into a a hierarchy of of different houses houses being like factions within their race so if you wanted to look at it in a term of you know d- different armies um or it's different, like feud- feudals like yeah, feudal like, locations like lords. yeah feuding mm-hmm. lords like uh medieval europe and so you start at the top you have the very very t- the houses you have your you have your kel which is pretty much your overall leader it would be like your king he is uh, either king or queen, depending on if they're a uh, male or female, obviously. And they are in charge of everything. Most powerful, they have consumed the most ether, which is their life-sustaining substance. Ether they, uh, they more ether they take in, the bigger, the stronger they become. And being at the top of the hierarchy, they get the most uh, ether. And then you have your servitor, uh, servitor primes, which servitors are these machines that are basically worshipped by the fallen because the servitors create ether and they need ether to survive so they pseudo started making it pretty much their religion the kel uh, the the servitors were viewed as holy objects they were they're spherical in shape so you know they're kind of playing off of they're also the pilots of their ships yep they're the pilots of their ships they're their technicians they are you know they do a lot of things anytime you see and they're they're almost like they can they're cyber warfare they are they, there's a lot of a server they're russian here. nesting dolls yeah they're russian nest oh my god i saw that that was terrifying um and then you have your archon priests which are pretty much they are a talking they are a talking vessel between the kel and the servitor the kel talks to the archon the archon talks to the servitor and he conveys his wishes to the servitor and that's how the the top of the houses or the top of the organization pretty much works. After you come through that, you go down to Baron or Baronesses, which are they're they're like high. They're not captains, but they're they're higher players within within the houses. And they either are directly next to the Cal, the Ark, the Servitor Primes, or just underneath it. They control. They can pilot catches. They can pilot, or they or they can command catches which are their massive capital ships, or they can have, be in charge of a skiff, uh, a skiff crew. It kind of varies. And we haven't seen a ton of Baron or Baronesses. I think, I think maybe we've only heard of two in Destiny 1. I think so far, one. The, we killed, yeah, we killed one on the moon, moon pretty yeah, early in, on. In the, in the, in the Hellmouth. And then, and then was Cade it, talked about one. Was that was she just a captain or was she? A I thought no, she was a baroness. She was a baroness. Okay, yep. and and then we ran into one recently with Aramis, who is a baroness uh, herself. Right. Next and there is there captain. was uh, within the Maraid, there was a lot of barons and baronesses thrown yes. around. So like yeah, within the right. House yeah. of Wolves, that was kind of the whole thing with the Maraid and Mara. So there were there were a lot mm-hmm. of barons and baronesses that were going back and forth during that thing. But yeah. Right. I, I can't keep track. There's two. I, I looked up barons and baroness. It was a it was a small list. I mean, we and, saw significantly more in D1 than we do in D2 at this yes, point, but absolutely. that's partially because we destroyed most of the houses in D1. Mm-hmm. It seems. Yeah, the the the, the fallen are not. I'll, I'll get to that in. Once I get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the captains, which are usually uh, I call them teleporting McTeleport because they are awful. You're shooting them, and then they just bounce around, especially taken captains. You, you might as well just stop shooting. Taking captains, throwing the darkness blight. That is the fart worst. Bubbles. Fart oh bubbles of justice. They fart bubbles of what? Of justice? Yeah, yeah they, they, they throw those out there like Captain America. I'm sorry. Um, so Shattered Throne, the captain. Oh, my God. In the first section when you're doing the labyrinth, essentially, it's just like right off to the left and up mm-hmm. the hill. 
that guy is the boss of that first section. <laughs> I don't care who you are. He, when that one and the very last one, because they're both, they're terrible. And, and even untaken captains are annoying because they like to tell and then they mm-hmm. shoot crap in a launcher or freaking uh, what is it the the cannon mm-hmm. and it's like and it's like oh, I hate you so Scorch much. Scorch cannons. That's it. Yeah. Uh, captains are you can almost see them as they're they're low ranking officers. Uh, they can command uh, skiffs. They're 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 in charge of a. Crew. In terms of our military, or at least the American military, they would be the essential. Uh, uh, the pretty much a platoon command or a platoon leader. Um, I know captains, depending on where you are in our army, captain mean various different things. But a captain essentially there is a platoon leader. Um, they are in charge of a you know a group. 30 or 40 depending on how big their is but they're they are the top dog next you have vandals slash marauders vandals a little bit lower than captains but they're higher than dregs and they get a little bit more ether they get a little bit more of the scout salvage and the scavenging and they have wire rifles which are the single most evil thing ever invented by the fallen mm-hmm. um if you ever want to shoot one go shoot the queen breaker's bow that is a wire rifle essentially and you know, prior to its nerf, it was very, very good at taking people's heads off. In um, Gambit, Mar- especially. Oh yeah, I was. I won't even lie. I, I used the heck out of that thing. And Marauders are kind of like stealth vandals. They like to stealthy. They use bladed weapons, or bladed weapons uh, specifically. They like to sneak up and punch you in the face, and they like getting punched in the face, which is great. And then you have finally you have the dregs. Dregs are the lowest of the low. Um, exactly what their name says. A lot of times their arms have been like their adjacent arms because Fallen have uh, forearms. Uh, those two of those arms have been docked or taken off mechanically or surgically or, you know, violently. And that is the, they're the lowest of the low. They can fight their way up higher standing. And that's how the Fallen hierarchy does. You fight and you earn your place to earn, get more. Yes, uh, Dissoluted Duck, Dregs equal. I 100% agree with that. And they fight their way. And that and that's how you raise yourself up through the hierarchy. Or you you fight and fight and fight. Or, or you steal more. You stab somebody in the back. You know, whatever. You know, that's 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 their society. It's very piratey, very down and dirty, very outlawish, which kind of fits more to their uh, their name, the Fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, Can- they were known as the oh, – sorry, go ahead. It's like, can we talk about docking a tiny bit and why that is an important factor of Fallen? Because, I mean, we talked about the dregs, and the dregs are obviously the the lowest of the lows within the society Mm -hmm. before you get into, like, the non-fleshy ones, like the the shanks and stuff (laughs) like that. But um, docking is literally chopping off two of their arms because Fallen are generally meant to have Four arms, correct? Yep. Correct. Four arms, two legs. Mm-hmm. Spider and horse people, spider people. The way they can, they can grow back their arms, that's because of the ether, right? And moving up through things. Yeah. Moving they, up through uh, the ranks. Uh, and, yeah, well, uh, Varix yeah. has many arms. Uh, his, his arms were docked, I think that was after his betrayal. And, or he, I can't remember, I can't remember how he lost his arms. I should know this. There's prosthetics, though. He has the Vex prosthetic lookalike type things. Yeah, he he can actually use those because in Most Loyal, he talks about crushing a shard of bone to dust with his mechanical hand. So those oh. are used. Those are usable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but docking is kind of like a punishment, or it can be, um, it can be yeah, like pretty much a punishment or a dishonorable thing, or you know, it's something to say you've lost standing. It's like it's it's pretty much you're now lower than a dreg. You're a docked dreg. You know you're you're oh. even worse. You know or something like that. But I actually I think all dregs have their arms docked. Yes, they do. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Sorry. Yeah, because that's where docking caps. Come I get from. I get ahead of, I get ahead of myself because <laughs> they put the caps on the on the yeah. docking yeah, the docking caps. holes essentially, mm-hmm. and that yes. stops them from growing back. Didn't we they, collect uh, those guys? Yep, that's a that's a patrol Rose. in EDZ. We're collecting caps. It's like bottle caps, but way grosser. And finally, we have Shanks. Um, they are little mechanical drones, uh, not really sentient or seem to play a play a role in the actual hierarchy. They're more like combat drones. They can have a sniper role. They can have a 
zappy McZap zap roll. They can have an exploding roll where they just run up next to you and make you regret if you've ever been to the, uh, the fo- which forge is it? In Bogosia Forge. Is it Bogosia? Yeah, the Bogosia Forge mm-hmm. in the EDZ. They are everywhere. Um, and they also make, if you're using Risk Runner, they're really easy to get because once they blow up, they give you electronic zap. But they're kind of a pain in the butt in oh, yeah. zero hour when they have shields. Yeah, yeah, they are. Just they are annoying to say the least. But they really have no, we don't have any sort of information on if they're really a part of anything. I mean, Saber, Saber 2 is about the most expansive information mm-hmm. we ever got on any of those guys. And those were the giant ones. That's not even like the tiny little ones that we see flying around. Yeah, they're, the, they're, 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 they're combat drones. Right. Mm-hmm. They really are. They're the pit bulls. The they, yeah. They're, they're yeah. described as like the pit bulls of the, the, mm-hmm. the fallen the flying army. war beast. Well, right. And they, and then, yeah. And you would assume that that then ties them into the archons or the splicers because mm-hmm. they are mechanical in nature, which is going to tie them also into like the servitors. So it would make sense again, that the archons or the splicers would be responsible for not just the upkeep upkeep, but also the generation of those particular pieces. I also think the, uh, the spider walker, the spider tanks, they have a little manufacturer that can produce them. Um, yeah, that's I think true. that was, yeah. And so they're, they're, I mean, this, that just brings us into the spider wall. Uh, they're just, they're heavy artillery tanks, uh, designed by the fallen. They have six legs, four, eight legs. I can't remember. Um, a bunch of legs that you can shoot at and they six. seem to be, they seem to be oops, six. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They seem to be completely mechanical, not piloted by any sort of, uh, fallen that we can tell due to the electronic brain that kind of comes out when it in that damage phase uh it seems to be completely run by a computer or by some sort of programming we can't confirm or deny that um that's just what i that's we've seen over the last you know five years of playing this game uh they are known to be incredibly powerful, having traded shots with the guns of the city walls during the battle of twilight gap and the battle of six fronts um and you, we've seen some of the guns on the walls. If you kind of walk around the tower right now, you can see some of those artillery pieces that are towards the walls. You can; those guys can apparently lob some shells because those. If you've seen the walls and you've seen those tanks, those are some pretty good distances. So if they're trading shots with uh, the city walls, they can that shot quite pr- uh, pretty well. Uh, they're they they can be multiple things. We've seen them with rocket launchers from. We've seen them with their cannons. We've seen them with flamethrowers. We've seen them with uh, the shooty arc things on top of them. Um, they like to park them in elevators, apparently. They like to park them inside of any sort of catch they can find because it seems to be a theme in Destiny of parking tanks inside of large spacecraft. Um, yeah. They show up in a lot of weird places. I, I love those things. I think they're really cool. I think they're tank i think they're very impractical but i think they're oh, really yeah. cool it's a really cool do you uh, remember you used to be able to do it a lot easier in d1 but um the spider tank when you just write it <laughs> yeah i still do that like in Berguzia when we're, we're when we get to the boss which is the spider tank i will basically just be right next to the whole thing the whole time until the legs pop and the little mm-hmm. brain thing gets exposed or the the motherboard gets exposed and hop on top <laughs> and just shotgun and risk runner or recluse whatever i'm running and just go to town up there chaos reach with geomag stabilizers yes kamea amea goodbye it's just kamea mea dead yep i call that my little delete yeah i could see that and deleted now, but um, the Fallen are, I would say, on par, maybe a little bit farther than in terms of technology um, at our current state. I wouldn't say, I, I can't speak to the Golden Age, but I'd say at this time, we are on par with them in terms of technology, minus, I'd say some, I'd say some of their weaponry is probably a little bit more advanced, and maybe their uh, their computer or AI technologies are a little more advanced. But in terms of that, they are they they were they were a lot stronger than us for a long time. We were been consistently at war with them since the Dark Age. They have not been doing so well since Saint Fourteen and our Guardian showed up. That's to say the least. And 
the the fall of the houses kind of do that. Turning to the houses real quick, like I said, the houses are kind of like factions of the feuding within the fallen, um, within the fallen's race. You have I'll just go through the houses that we know of really fast, and I won't dive too deep into them. Um, the Devils House of Devils, which has pretty much been utterly annihilated, with the exception of Aramis, who's trying to reform the House of Devils. As far um, as we know, as far as we know, that's you know from what sh- what we've what we've gleaned. Uh, House of Winter, uh, they have fallen. They have pretty much disbanded entirely, and they have fallen under House Dusk, which I'll get to in a second. Um, you have House Rain, which was mentioned, but we've never seen anyone from it, and it was destroyed apparently during the wind or the, the cataclysm event that um, brought the Elixni away from the from the Traveler left. House Judgment. Uh, Varix is the last known member alive of House Judgment, and they were kind of like party within the the discussions. Like, what, if the houses were um, having a disagreement, the House of Judgment would make sure that they follow the correct rules of like Elixni's, uh their rules and their traditions and things. Like that. Uh, House of Kings. They were very very powerful. And they were very very secretive until their uh, Kel was killed by Aldrin. Uh, their and his uh, the, the Kel's name was Kraxk, and Aldrin killed him. Pretty much took control of the kings. Kings have kind of scattered. The rest of the kings have kind of scattered at this point and are now falling under House of Dusk. Wolves. The wolves are either dead or imprisoned, or they're like uh, Mithrax. They're kind of scattered. I did look it up by the way. Mithrax was a uh, he was a prior was he a wolf? Warrior. Yeah, he was a wolf. Mm-hmm. And we have House Light, which is Mithrax's house, which we talked about very briefly. You have the I've. I don't know if it was mentioned or House of Hope. I don't. I heard that somewhere. I don't know if it's um, an actual thing. It was mentioned somewhere. I don't remember who said it, but I remember hearing House of Hope, and that might have been something that was long similar to Mithrax's House of Light. Um, I think it might have just been like a translation, or like they were just kind of comparing the two. House of Exile. If you were in the, on the moon, E one. Those are those guys who are trying to constantly invade the. The, the moon with the hive uh, house dusk which is the house we run into at the start of d2 or D, where they were there at the beginning of d2 they were the culminating of all the prior houses coming together and just trying to survive and it was literally it was out of desperation that they cast all their other banners aside and everyone fell on house dusk so potato um, i think the the whole thing with house of hope was just a another name that may have been brought up but mm-hmm. it's not an actual established house yeah i didn't think it was i just heard it so i wrote it down yeah and, yeah but that covers most of the the known houses that we have i didn't really go into the organizations that have kind of popped up in the recent in like the last 2 years because the fallen themselves are in a really bad spot they are even closer to extinction, I'd say, than we are at this point, or that uh, than the city is at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, with the the failing of the Siva crisis, with Varix uh, essentially blowing up the prison of elders and kind of claiming himself and saying, you know, this is what we got to do with the fa- uh, the other fallen and dregs that are living next to the shard and the EDZ. The the fallen are not in a good spot, and there's little there's little glints of hope for them in terms of like Varix and Mithrax. But yeah, it's keeping it basic. They're not, they're not doing it. They're not in a good way. And the thing that is good to mention is that houses come and go. That is something that we know. Like political parties. Right. And I mean, there's houses that were established that we've heard about house of stone that we've never actually seen or because they're, we, as far as we know, but they're not around at this point. I did write them down. Um, I couldn't really find much information on them, but House Stone does exist, but we really, really, really don't. It's almost like Deep Stone Crypt. Like, we know about it, but we don't know what it is or where. Right. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Fallen, if the, the Fallen are probably the closest in terms of like us races in the, the Destiny universe. And not in terms of like their the biology or anything like that, but in terms of backstory and experiences where, yeah, experiences yeah thank you experiences of where they came from mm-hmm. and you can totally see why they wanted to kill us because they thought the the great machine or the traveler was theirs and i'm not saying it's okay that they did that but i'm just saying that i kind of get where they were coming from they were they were po'd you know they, they'd been living in space they didn't know what they were doing 
you know, they devolved or they, their society essentially collapsed in on itself. We were lucky enough that the traveler kind of stayed and hung out and we were able to build ourselves up underneath the protection of it. And they can understand why the fallen like that should have been us. Why wasn't it us? Yep. 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 Okay. I'm going to do a quick rundown on what we have seen of them in the game real quick, like super cliff notes. So story-wise, we, we know about the whirlwind potato talked about that earlier. That is when the traveler essentially left the fallen society and their society collapsed. Then the next thing that we really see in lore is the reef wars where you have the Maraid and you see a bunch of the fallen heading towards earth and the awoken people basically do run uh, an intervention to help take them out. And then because of that, Mara is able to become a sort of leader to them in some respects, not necessarily in the most um, gentle of ways, but she has fallen that work for her in D1 when we first visit her. That is one of the very first uh, moments that you have where you're like, uh, you have two vandals next to you. What is going on kind of thing? And mm-hmm. you try to draw your gun and everything, everyone and uh, Aldrin comes out sassy pants and that whole thing happens. <laughs> Fast forward. I love that scene. I know I do too. Fast forward a while. Um, we get to the transmission crisis and SIVA crisis where the devil splicers happen and the devils get a hold of Siva and we uh, meet Axis and we take out a bunch of bad guys. It's an interesting time. Iron Lords, I miss you. I love you. Please bring them back, Bungie, if you're listening. Um, the After that, we have to fast forward quite a bit because the next major thing is the Scorn evolution with the Barons. That we face in Forsaken. Ugh. Yep. But throughout all of that, we were slowly taking out all the hierarchies of the Fallen. Starting with the very first thing we fight, major thing we fight in Destiny 1, an Archon. Devil Archon. Mm Mm-hmm. That was like, that was like very first trailer, or was it the very first gameplay trailer too, wasn't it? I think so. That it's been a really long found, time since found, I've seen they it. They found the Thunderlord, and then the Archon came out of the wall, and you fought. I'm, yeah, I remember right. Good yeah, the Archon comes out of the wall. I do remember that, but they do go back to that old trailer and that old imagery because we've we've seen that area a few different times, even um, in the Thunderlord mission. If you were only yep. a Destiny two player and didn't play Destiny uh, vanilla. We go through that same wall area in the Thunderlord mission, which is kind of a fun throwback for those of us from D1. Um, but yeah, we went through and demolished a lot of different houses. Winter was one of them we took out. Devils we took out. Who else did we? Um, Kings eventually got taken out completely they thanks to Aldrin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have, I guess, Civics. I mean, he's kind of recent. He was, he's the spider's brother. And he was the guy responsible for raiding the Black Armor. Hmm. I forgot and about that one. I, I forget who his the servitor was, but he was like Megazord guy in uh, the mm-hmm. and Sins of the Past. He oh, was, it was right. Servitor, it was the Servitor Prime inside of the Megazord. Right. The annoying raid where the hardest part of the raid is the Sparrow Race. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, oh, that's oh. that's yeah, that was a fun part. <laughs> just run like hell, just <laughs> yes, and doing beep, it with beep. the mini sparrows even cuter. It's really funny. Oh, really? I've not tried it with the the beep beep machine. <laughs> oh my god, it's so tiny. Beep, beep. It's so funny. Oh gosh, what is that thing even called? Like, I just all I can think of is just like that's we're a giant god. guardian on it. it. It's it looks amazing when you have a titan with massive pauldrons on it. I couldn't stop laughing because my bloody mane's a titan. It's just like the most awkward looking thing. It looks like it looks like a freaking a 250 pound freaking be- like weightlifter sitting on a kid's tricycle. Is yes. what it looks like. It's amazing. Perfect. Perfect. We need um what is the group that does all the music videos? We need them to do like a sparrow sparrow <laughs> oriented one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that'd be great. 
Anyway. They should bring back SRL and just make everyone ride mini. Yes. I, those things are harder to drive. Their turn radius is different. Yeah, but they're still fun. They are. Anyway, Blue, I think that's a pretty decent introduction to the Fallen leadership and kind of the Fallen in general for our listeners. I think so as well. So Sweet. I think you want to wrap it up with some shout outs, let Potato lead shout outs. Is Potato prepared for shout outs? Sure. You can cool. You can fake it till he makes it. No, um, shout outs really uh, at this part here from the folks that are sitting in chat or the folks that have talked with me in discord and folks that have talked to me on Twitter or given me the followers, like the, you know, the, the followers on Twitter. I, I was amazed. I got a past a hundred followers. I was like, you guys want to pay attention? That's okay. Um, no, it was, I really thank you to you guys. You guys have been a really great community that I, I can't praise you guys enough. And I said it in the, the top three to uh, top three to good bum, bum. Uh, yeah it's a great sentence um it's it's like another family you know it's this great community that has done only for the gaming world but for you know saint jude's and the kids and that 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 to me means so much that i could be a part of and that i can collect these little collectible things and you know i can make these jokes with people and you know i can be that nerd that in everyday life, people are like, oh, you kind of like that stuff? It's like, yeah, it's fascinating. It's fun. I know it's fake, but, you know, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just don't get it. And so you guys are what makes it fun. And you guys are kind enough to let me come and ramble on, on the internets. And you guys are kind enough to go to my YouTubes or to my, you know, Twitters and, you know, read or listen to what I've uh, written or spoken into a microphone with. And, you know, it just allows me to share that passion and yeah that's my shout out nice get all teary-eyed don't cry yet we haven't <laughs> the advanced episode <laughs> you'll make your makeup run which shout out to potato for <laughs> after doing his opening night for the haunt which by the way is like one of the first things i ever learned about potato is that he does haunted houses which means i'm never going to go to his haunted house because you i have said a- you were talking about going i thought about it but also, just I, me and scary things, it just doesn't, it's just... Hide behind Julie, you'll be fine. You know, that's normal. Um, she's a, <laughs> I'm very small compared to my wife, but yeah, um, shout out for you for kind of hurrying home and kicking everybody in the tail and making them move pretty quick to get through everything and make that a successful opening night for you guys. And still being in makeup while we're recording. Yeah, it's I'm getting makeup all over my uh, my mouse. I need to clean it now. Um, yeah, no, it was the opening night for for us there, and they were nice enough. I kind of arranged it with my bosses to say, "Hey, I have this pre uh, prior engagement that I committed to a couple months ago, and I can't let, I can't you know just back out at the last minute. It's very rude." And I love coming on here, guys, and talking. Um, and they totally understood. They understood the opening night. It wasn't going to be too much hectic. Too hectic. Had a pretty good line, some people going through, but in the next couple uh, next couple of weeks, we are going to ramping up, and it is going to be a very good season. Um, Yay! We're, we're excited. Yeah, it's 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 going to be brutal. It always is. These are the busiest two months of my of my year, and every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I am uh getting my butt kicked every night until midnight. Some nights we don't get off till we don't get everyone through the house till one two in the morning. Sometimes, um. But, you know, our actors are amazing. Our bosses are amazing. And I'm completely off topic. That's Back okay. To green. <laughs> no, I'm just, it's good. It's just like, it's, yeah. a, it's a passion. It's one yeah. of the many passions. And it's, it's nice that you're able to, to work with them, to be able to come and join us and share a little bit of your knowledge with us. Yeah. It's, it, if anyone ever has any questions about the, um, I've been doing it for quite a while. I've been a big haunted house person since I was old enough to throw a mask on and scare people off my front. Um, I'm not universal studios level knowledgeable, but I can tell you how to run a really good haunt and tell you how to scare some people in a building with creepy stuff. So um, yeah, feel free to reach out and talk to me. I love, I love talking about this stuff. Definitely blue your turn. Big shout out to potato for taking the time out 
and you know like green like you said really honestly you know it's i know schedules are what schedules are and and it's always nice when those who are in control of those schedules are are cognizant of other 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 schedules so yeah yeah don't expect to see me in chat for the next <laughs> so <laughs> not that i don't love you guys but i am gonna vanish it no you're good we know in costumes so. yes, definitely all right blue all right how do we end this until next time goodbye with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can also be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all the amazing work being featured over on thelorenetwork.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.